What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 64 of Beef's Beef. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed my last episode uh, with J.J. Weaver. I know it was kind of loud in the background. Uh, we were in the theater there that he actually did do his or make his decision and or announce his decision, I guess I should say. Uh, I thought we got some good insight, though. Uh, I know it was my shortest episode that I've had thus far, but uh, it was pretty much just like a regular interview as far as like a, a video interview or whatever, but uh, I'm ha- I'm happy for him. Uh, that's I mean to me it's it's great. A kid that I used to coach, uh, it's going Division One. I. I mean, I, I never thought that I would say something like that. So to me, it's pretty cool. Um, I told you on. I told him, hey, it'd have been fantastic if he went to Louisville. But if he's happy where he's going, then I'm more than happy for him. And uh, that's that's all that matters is that he's going where he wants to go. Uh, but tonight on the docket, we'll talk about uh, Louisville hiring a football coach since the last time we spoke, or since the last time I put an episode out, uh, announcing that they have at least their defensive coordinator and most likely their offensive coordinator. And then we'll uh, preview the Louisville-Indiana game, which will be uh, Saturday, December the 8th. At 2.30. Um, so first, uh, Louisville, obviously, I mean, if you've, unless you've lived under a rock in this area, you know that Louisville did miss on um, the Jeff Brom hire. Uh, that was uh, what everyone thought was going to happen, except for a select few. I'll give Daniel Grimes his credit. He didn't think it was going to happen, but then I kind of think he did think it was going to happen, so I won't give him too much credit. Um but that's in the past. Uh, Louisville did get Scott Satterfield, the former Appalachian State coach, who has a uh, combined record of 51-24 and 24 as a head coach, uh, has won three Sun Belt championships, has won, uh, won the Sun Belt Coach of the Year in 2018. Uh, started out his career. I mean, if you look at his record of 51-24, and 24, this is what really stuck out to me. His first two seasons, his first season was still in Division Two or FCS, whatever they call it now. Uh, I still look at it as Division Two. Uh, he went 4-8. and 4-8, uh, and eight, and then his first year in Division One or FBS, he went 7-5. and five. So if you look at his record, he has more than half of his losses in the first two seasons as a head coach. Uh, I mean, I'm no math major or anything, but I know 13 is more than half 24. But after uh, 2015, he went 11 and two, won his bowl game. 2016, he went 10 and three, won his bowl game. 2017, went nine and four, won his bowl game. And then this year, he went 10 and two, and his team is playing in the is playing in the bowl game. I believe next week, the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, so I mean, he's won the Sun Belt three years in a row. Uh, beat what would arguably be one of the better teams in that conference, Troy. Uh, two of three times. So, I mean, he's winning games, and he's winning games at a low level, I understand, but uh, he's beating he's beating teams like that without strong recruiting classes, which, speaking on this, is my most worrisome thing with hiring uh, Scott Satterfield. Uh, he's never recruited at this level. Granted, he has... Built up. Granted, he has 
made the talent, or not made the talent, he has coached the talent up to win his conferences at what he's done, but that's going to be totally different. If you think back to Bobby's first stint here, and I'm sorry to say that name, you got to kind of wonder, was it either A, obviously good, so I don't want to say that, but the recruiting didn't matter as much uh, because he was in a lower conference, or was it a lot of his assistants doing most of it? Because if you think about it, the longer he got into the game, the less people wanted to work with him. And I think that's ultimately what shot him in the foot was uh, no one wanted to work with him. And now you have stuff coming out here recently. The Courier-Journal put out an article, I believe, two days ago, uh, where J.J. Weaver's uh, head coach, uh, Rob Reeder, was quoted saying that Bobby Petrino never came to the, to uh, Moore High School one time in J.J. Weaver's whole high school career. And then you wonder why he's going to Lexington. I mean, to me, it's like he was trying to get fired his last season, but then you think about then you you hear that, and it's like, I mean, you can't just say it was his last year that he was doing it. He just didn't recruit. And, I mean, other coaches were quoted in there. Chris Wolf, the coach from Mayo, uh, spoke about how when Charlie was here, uh, Charlie let him uh, or let his team use the uh, practice facility because he knew that Mayo's field was torn up. Um, said that he would send Vance Bedford down there all the time and he would go down to the to the high school a lot, even if they didn't have players. And you just don't – you didn't have that camaraderie with the coaching staff or – even the university at all, uh, with Bobby at the helm. I mean, Bobby, I don't, I don't – it's like the the game is passing him by and he didn't want to change. And, I mean, you you have the the things where, you know, they're saying that the players weren't even allowed to listen to music in the locker room or the players and the coaches were sitting separately during team meals and – you know, he was the only one like allowed to talk in the locker room. I mean, man, this isn't 1975 anymore. Um, <laughs> the game has changed, and I, I don't know what what happened there. To um, I, I just I don't know. It's 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 a head scratcher for sure. I'm not dwell too much on Bobby because uh, this episode we're talking about the hire that Louisville made. Now, Louisville did hire uh, Scott Satterfield. They signed him uh, to a six-year, $19 million contract, I believe, $3.25 million a year. Uh, so he definitely got a pay raise, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, let's see here, uh, 3.25 times 6, 19.5 million. So six year, 19.5 million dollar contract uh, to come here from uh, Appalachian State. Now that is uh, 1.75 million less than what they were going to pay Brom. So that obviously gives us more to pay the staff. Now rumors have gone around. Um, I'm hoping some of them have. Some of the smoke is there, or some of the smoke is fire, because uh, you hear stuff about uh, Court Dennison maybe coming back from Oregon. Uh, you hear stuff of um, the guy Step from down there in Arkansas that has helped their recruiting class this year. Uh, and then, you know, you hear the smoke from those, and then you heard some smoke about Brian Brown. 
And guess what? There was some truth to the Brian Brown rumors of coming back. Uh, Brian Brown is the former defensive coordinator for Appalachian State. Um, he is joining the Louisville staff as as defensive coordinator. Um, was just named to the 35 under 35 list, which is the top 35 coaches under the age of 35, if you couldn't figure that out by, <laughs> by what it's called. Uh, and is coming in as... as I mean, pretty is a pretty heralded defensive coordinator, especially for his age. Uh, I mean, just last season, Appalachian State's defense ranked third in the country in total yards allowed per game, um, sixth, I believe, in scoring defense. So, I mean, he's coming in with, uh, you know, a good amount of of knowledge and stuff that this defense is going to need to have put behind them, which is, I I don't, I don't know, some type of direction. Uh, hopefully they can convince Jonathan Grenard to stay. Uh, you know, there was the rumor going around earlier this week that uh, John Grenard was transferring to Florida. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure if that's uh, true. Again, like I said, it is a rumor. So, uh, I mean, I guess we'll see. He, uh, If he does go, it would be graduate transfer. Because he should finish up his degree here with the end of this semester, and uh, graduate, he can be a graduate transfer to uh, Florida. Uh, another one is an, another coach that is following uh, Satterfield here is Frank Ponce. He's the off- he was the offensive coordinator last season for uh, Appalachian State. Uh, he coached with Satterfield at FIU as well. Uh, was the was the wide receivers coach down there? So. I mean, he knows. We obviously know he knows how to coach wide receivers because he had T.Y. Hilton down there. Uh, but not only does he bring experience as an offensive coordinator or in a quarterbacks coach, but you also got to look at some of the places he worked at before he worked at Florida International: uh, Miami Senior High School, Coral Reef High School, Miami Central, Miami Northwestern. Some of you people may, some of you, some of the listeners may recognize some of these schools down there. That's where Teddy was from. That's where Eli Rogers was from. Um, uh, Amari, Amari Cooper went, went down there. So there's a lot of talent in Florida. And if you can, if you think about some of the best Louisville teams, most of the talent was from Louisville or was from Florida. A lot of a, a lot of the good talent here recently was from Miami. Uh, of course, we've always sprinkled in our local flavor. You got your Michael Bushes, your your Brian Brahms, your uh, Devontae Parkers, uh, your Chris Redmonds, you always have your Ivan Greens, you always have your your local talent mixed in there, but Florida has always been Louisville football's bread and butter, uh, at least in my in my lifetime, I would I should say. Um, so getting guys that know how to recruit the South is a big thing, and if Louisville can convince. Uh, I think his name is Justin Step from Arkansas. Uh, that would be another, that would be a huge that would be a huge get, uh, and if they, especially if they can get him and yes Justin Step. Uh, he is uh, he was at Appalachian State, so it wouldn't be out of it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility because he has coached with uh, Satterfield Coach Satterfield before. Uh, but you get him, and then you get Court Dennison, who, by all 
I, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of things that he has wanted to come back. And if Brom was here, he would have been on staff. So uh, let's hope that uh, Coach Satterfield can make that happen. Um, who knows? Maybe make uh, Dennison and Brown co-defensive coordinators or put Dennison as a linebacker's coach and – I mean, really, I think the only person that's going to be a holdover from this current, from the current staff or from the last staff would be Pete Nocta. Uh, I think Pete Nocta is a, a solid keep for the university uh, the, as one of the recruiting coordinators, knows the inner workings of the city, and I, I think it's just a, a good keep. Uh, but you keep you keep him, you add Brian Brown, you add uh, Frank Ponce, and then – Hopefully you get Justin Stepp and Court Dennison. And who knows, maybe you can flip some of these guys that are uh, committed that haven't signed before uh, signing day. Uh, J.J. Weaver, uh, from all indications, has said he's not signing until February. Uh, you did just have uh, the kid from Ballard just commit to Kentucky yesterday. Um, I mean, who knows? I don't think he'll do it again, but Wondell Robinson did flip from Kentucky to uh Nebraska two days ago, uh, Milton Wright that's going to Purdue, Tanner Bowles that's going to Alabama. Uh, really, the only in-state or inner-city kid that's going, or not inner-city, that local kid that is going to Louisville is Aiden Robbins, and we just need to get him out there. And uh, Coach Satterfield, I mean, Coach Satterfield went and visited the schools today, which is already more than what Bobby did in the past four or five years. So. Hopefully, just seeing a different face and and you know having a sense of direction with the with the program can make a difference in some of these kids' heads. And who knows? I mean, you never know until signing day. That's the that's the crazy thing about football recruiting. Uh, basketball recruiting, more often than not, is pretty cut and dry. You'll have some that change, um, but more often than not, it, it's pretty cut and dry in basketball recruiting. And uh, I was actually speaking with someone about it today that uh, didn't really doesn't really know that much about like signing periods and and all that stuff. And I was explaining it to him, and he was just like, "Wow, so people still recruit guys after they commit somewhere?" I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, until you sign the dotted line that say to say you're going somewhere, you're still allowed to pick somewhere else." It's like, "Oh, so that's what the signing periods are?" I'm like, "Yeah, so." It is crazy to think about, like, it's almost like a blood in the water with sharks whenever someone commits somewhere. It's like, oh, are you going to go there? Well, not until I recruit you even more. So, um, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully we can get some some uh, some guys to flip. Um, it'd be nice to see some of these Louisville area guys stay here and, and you know, play for their hometown team. Um, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm not going to hold my breath, or I, I guess I'm not going to get my hopes up. But it would be nice to see someone flip. So uh, tomorrow, Louisville has a big basketball game with uh, as they travel to Bloomington to play the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, both teams come in with two losses. Indiana seven and two. Uh, Louisville six and two. The last five games, uh, Louisville's won three in a row. Uh, two big wins against Michigan State at home and then at Seton Hall and then they beat Central Arkansas uh, Wednesday 86-41 um, to 41. Uh, before that they lost to Marquette on a uh, bogus 
on a bogus game, I, I felt like. But, hey, they lost in overtime to Marquette, 77-74. And then they, the game before that, they lost to Tennessee, 92-81. Uh, Indiana comes in winning games, but not looking real good doing it. They have a lot of injuries. Uh, they have two losses. They're uh, one loss is a blowout loss to Duke, which outside of Gonzaga, everyone's kind of, kind of felt that. Uh, their other loss is at Arkansas on November the 18th. Uh, they started the season out strong. They beat the brakes off of Marquette, which is the only common opponent that that they have at the moment, and uh, beat them in Bloomington and. I mean, I'm kind of nervous about this game. One, because Indiana has talent. It's not like Indiana doesn't have good players. I, I'm nervous because it seems like I don't, I don't, I don't, like I've said this before. I'm not really, I'm not normally this guy, but it seems like this season the referees are keying on us. And it's been so bad that even people that aren't fans of Louisville have said stuff to me. Um, I had a buddy say something to me the other day. He's like, man, I flipped on the end of that Michigan State game, and was it just me or was the officiating bad? And I said, see, it's a lot better when you say that because me, when I say that, I mean, you know, oh, you're biased. Oh, yeah, that's just your team. If you go back, I mean, if I could watch some of these games with people that – would maybe say that stuff. Uh, I'd love to watch the the Tennessee game with 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 some people and uh, point out how Williams was pretty much allowed to do whatever he wanted to do in the paint. Uh, the Marquette game where uh, there was you know two push offs at the end that weren't or yeah two push offs going down the stretch that weren't called on their on their point guard a. Uh, a foul, uh, a charge that that should or a block that should have been a charge, and then, of course, the big play that was played all over Sports Center and everything, where Jordan Nawara was a good six seven inches behind the three point line and it was counted as a two pointer, and <laughs> I mean that that is counted as a three. The game never goes the over never goes to overtime and the game's over with, so. I don't know. There was a lot of stuff that happened in those games. And then you get the Michigan State game where there was a lot of missed calls or a lot of bad calls towards us, and we were supposed to be the home team. So uh, there's been a lot of stuff all season. So the reason I the reason I say that stuff is not to take anything away from Indiana, but Bloomington is already a tough place to play. I really hope it's not made a tougher place to play because of what has happened to us all season with the officiating. Um, this isn't like your normal Louisville team where Louisville's going to smack you on the wrist, smack you on the arm, and play the Rick Pitino type up-in-your-face defense. This team is going to sit and guard and play in the passing lanes and and, and stuff like that. But coming into the game, uh, Louisville's led in scoring by Jordan Award, 17 points a game, shooting 48% from the field, 77% from the free throw line. Indiana is led in scoring by uh, Romeo Lankford, who is from uh, New Albany High School, shooting 48% from the field and 70% from the free throw line. Uh, coming into this game, Indiana is actually a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know if I agree with that. I think 
just because it's on their home floor, I'd give them a three-point favorite. Uh, my keys to the game, um, I really think Louisville is on the upswing. Uh, I know they lost two games in New York in the uh, preseason NIT, but uh, other than I felt like in the <clears throat> in those games they battled. Uh, they gave Tennessee everything they wanted until – uh, the terrible call on Dwayne Sutton that ended up getting uh, they ended up getting Chris Mack a technical, and then uh, they gave Marquette everything they wanted. So, and then they beat Michigan State at home, like I'm saying. So, uh, I think Louisville can win this game. Uh, I think your biggest keys are, I mean, players like your Romeo Langfords, like your R.J. Barretts like your Zion Williamson's uh, or even your Cam Reddish's. I hate to say three Duke players. Uh, There's certain guys that you may not ever stop, but you can't let their teammates beat you. And I think that's the biggest thing is Louisville's going to have to try to contain Jawan Morgan and Romeo Langford as much as possible and just not let the rest of their guys beat them. Uh, I think Romeo is going to get his regardless. Um, and you just can't let him get his where he's beating you. Uh, I, I, now, I think Indiana does have talent, but I think a lot of it's hurt. So, you go into this game, uh, try to keep Jawan Morgan off the boards as much as possible. He's their leading rebounder, 8.4 rebounds a game. Um, and Jordan War is actually our leading rebounder at seven points a game. I think the biggest thing is Louisville's going to have to go inside early like they did against Central Arkansas, get Stephen Enoch his his touches, and get him his confidence up, or get his confidence up from the very beginning. You get Stephen Enoch's confidence up from the very beginning. You move the ball like you have all season. Uh, Dwayne Sutton uh, getting in there, getting scrappy, getting rebounds. Noir hitting his outside shot. Cunningham running the team. Uh, Perry giving us energy, uh, getting to the bucket and hitting his mid-range jumper. I, I really don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Louisville to go to Bloomington, pull a, pull an upset off. Or not, I don't wouldn't even really call it an upset because the other team were ranked. But pull this win off. And I honestly think that if Louisville plays the way they have in some of these games, like uh, going back to uh, the first half of the Tennessee game, or actually the first three quarters of the of the Tennessee game, uh, all but maybe three or four minutes of the Michigan State game, they could win this game going away if they play that way. Now, Indiana definitely has talent, and with it being a semi-rivalry game, I, I don't necessarily see it like that. Uh, I'm going to take the cards um, in a close in a close battle. Uh, I'm going to take. Louisville 79, Indiana 73. Uh, leading scorer, I will take. Uh, I'm actually going to take Stephen Enoch as Louisville's leading scorer. Indiana's leading scorer, I'll go with their leading scorer, uh, Romeo Langford. Uh, foul trouble or hurt, Jawan Morgan, which will open up the inside uh, for Stephen Enoch and eventually lead to a Louisville win. So. Um, Hopefully I'm right. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't normally do well with score predictions, uh, but hey, you know I'm throwing it out there. So, 
guys, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you got a little bit of insight about what we're kind of looking forward to with the Louisville football program uh, as well as the game tomorrow against Indiana. Uh, keep liking, keep sharing. Uh, I'm going to keep putting these out. Uh, I promise you I'll start putting more of these out uh, on a more consistent basis. Uh, but let's, uh, let's get this W tomorrow. Let's get some recruits and uh, beef out. <laughs>